With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, and welcome back to Just for Kicks on GameTimeCT.com. I am Scott Erickson, the boys' soccer beat writer, and we are joined, as always, by Joe Morelli, the girls' soccer beat writer for Game Time. Joe, welcome back. It's We're back. It's, it doesn't seem like, what, 10 months since we were last convened, but we're here, and uh, it's a beautiful week of the last week of summer, so uh, let's go out and enjoy some soccer. It's been great soccer weather. I mean, it hasn't been too hot, hasn't been too cold. Uh, I've been loving it. I've been to a couple games. I don't know how many you've seen so far, but... I'm I'm excited for soccer season. I'm excited for the fall season in general. I love the fall. Uh, you know, we get to kind of recharge our batteries in the summer a little bit and come back fresh in the fall. You feeling fresh? I'm feeling fresh. It was a nice summer off. But the opening day was interesting, weird weather-wise. It was started rain. I wasn't sure if they were going to play. Cause you, yeah. I keep forgetting, because the game I covered at Shelton and Amity, it's a grass field. And right. The games that canceled first. But it, they played. It was overcast. Uh, it was it was a kind of a windy day. Uh, again, it was a boys' game. So, but again, this week is nice. Next week's going to be nice. I think uh, the weather is better in the fall than it is in the spring. We don't haven't had much heard much about rain, so uh, it leads to some good soccer. I would think. I like the progression from the warmer weather into the cold, as opposed to starting out when it's just horrible at the end of March and April. That, that as much as I love baseball, those early season baseball games are brutal to well, sit at. I have to think that, and I'm a golf guy, as people may or may not know, and. The spring doesn't seem like there's much of a spring anymore because it kind of goes right to summer. Right. I mean, May's kind of wet. <laughs> April, we know about April showers. May's kind of wet. And I, I think, and I know that's on an on off tangent, I think that's part of the reason small, that golf was moved to the, uh, the fall. fall in 2021. Yeah. I think that that's part of it because the weather is so much better in the spring. But anyway, this is about soccer and uh, we have a good show on tap. We do. Uh, that opening day, I saw Notre Dame Fairfield, uh, who I think is going to be pretty good. They have a freshman who's really good. Um, they only beat Trinity one nothing that game. Uh, they should have scored five goals. They hit the post a couple times, had a couple misses. Uh, you know, played a little selfish soccer, but I think they're going to be decent uh, moving forward. Really young team. I was really impressed uh, last night, Monday night, as we're recording this on a Tuesday. Uh, I saw Wilton, uh, who has a new coach in Edwin uh, Carval, and uh, you know he took over for the longtime coach Lewicki there. And I was really impressed with Wilton and the new style they're playing. And I think they're going to be dangerous in the FCAC. Um, you never know. You know, they're playing a, a young Norwalk team in the opening day. But super impressed with Wilton from what I saw. Uh, but, you know, I was looking at the standings today and the preseason favorites. Uh, you know, I think Danbury is the preseason favorite in the FCAC. I think Glastonbury is the preseason favorite in the state because they always win the state. And sure enough, those teams are 2-0 and to start the season. Uh Glastonbury's been dominating right out of the gate. You know, six nothing wins for South Windsor and Berlin. Uh, that's really impressive. Uh, they have a huge game Friday against Farmington. Um, 
Oh, the poll. Yeah, the poll. The latest poll came out, yeah. Nice. Um, so Glastonbury, there you go. Glastonbury and Danbury. Oh, see? <laughs> it's like I knew. Well, it's like I, I had, they might be on a collision course. Are we going to predict that already? No. Uh, we could. You know, I, I like Hall and East Hartford a lot, too. Um, and then I think double L is, as always, will be loaded. Yeah, and Joe just passed me this. The L, double L um, poll is out. I haven't seen this until just now. And then the MS poll is also out. Uh, so... the Glastonbury's number one, as they should be. Uh, Danbury's two. Danbury brought back almost everybody, including Tyler Warren, who's maybe the best defensive player in the state. Um, and then Hall's number three. They brought back a ton of kids from the team that was in the state finals. East Hartford has a bunch of kids back. Uh, Farmington's always good. Hand in Class L uh, is loaded. Uh, Weathersfield is misspelled in this, but uh, that doesn't take away from how good they are. <laughs> as long as you don't misspell it when you do it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we didn't write this, so. Uh, and then there's Ward on there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those teams are all good. And, and we talk about these conferences. You know, the CCC always stands out to us. And, you know, last year you had Glastonbury Hall, Maloney, and Plainfield, uh, Plainville all in state finals. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, at least two, uh, you know, and many as four or five teams from that conference. It's such a good soccer conference uh you know maybe the fcx deeper maybe the sec is deeper but the top of the ccc is always so good best soccer i mean what do you think about the, that conference with the ccc yeah in soccer yeah. um i think it's very good i think in the girls um i think glastonbury is still the team to be this much like it is the boys yeah um i think the mo- I- i'm very intrigued about lewis mills a dominant berkshire team for yep. so many years the reigning Class M champion, also a new head coach. They go to the CCC. I'm very curious how they're going to react. The first game, they played Simsbury to a draw. Simsbury is a traditional, decent power in the CCC. So a scoreless tie for Lewis Mills, to me, on the outside looking in, looks like a decent result. I'm curious how that's going to go. But uh, listen, you cover the league but more as much as anyone. To me, it's the FCAC and it's everybody else. It's just, in, in until girls, you can yeah, prove yeah, yeah. otherwise – I mean, it's Ridgefield and Staples and St. Joe's and New Canaan, and they're the best conference. I don't think it's even close for second. How many? They had five of the eight quarterfinalists? Is that yeah, correct yeah, last five year? Yeah, five of the eight, yeah. And, and, and it's like that every year. They just fill that bracket. The only way they get knocked out is usually by each other. They're knocking each other out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and I don't see that changing in the girls. Yeah, on the girls' side, um, you know, there are some good – obviously, Glastonbury's awesome, and there are some other good CCC schools. But in the girls' side, I think the FCAC um, – takes it especially for now uh but the on the the boys side the ccc is very strong so you mentioned lewis mills and i'll I'll just back up the uh, class they only did a class ms poll this week for the girls right it's posted on game time ct so you can check it out for yourself but weston uh what is the first place team with 49 votes uh the swc Notre Dame of Fairfield, which beat Plainfield in a rematch of the Class M quarterfinal last year, won by Plainfield in penalty kicks. They played Saturday. I think Notre Dame won 3 nothing. They're second with a first-place vote, followed by Granby, reigning Class S champion Old Lyme, Tallinn, Lewis Mills, Holy Cross, Plainfield, so on and so forth. So uh, I guess the LWL will be out in another week. Um, but I assume you're going to see the Class and you're going to see the FSAC teams up there. So. That's who it's going to be. I mean, yeah. and that's probably who it'll be when we come to November. And I, I will say a couple of interesting results. I mean, since you mentioned, I meant uh, for the second straight year, Shelton goes to Massick and beats them and shuts them out. Shelton is to me is the reigning SEC champion. They're the best team in the league until somebody beats them. They have a very good defense. Uh, and to, again, the shutout kid is going to Michigan and, and uh, uh, for two straight years to me is speaks volumes. 
a very interesting result. Um, I mean, to me, Guilford Hand playing the first game of the year, I wish they wouldn't because they're a rivalry, but that's the way the SCC schedules. Right. They're rivalry games when they're not in the same division. Guilford 5, Hand nothing. And Hand had been to the semifinals the last three years. So that is was stunning to me. I'm sure surprising to a lot of people. Uh, a good result for a Guilford team that's bringing a number of kids back. Uh, Guilford Hand boys, by the way, tied 2-2. Two tied, two. right, yeah. And the interesting thing about that was Guilford – was a man down due to a red card and oh. scored twice, including a penalty kick. So that's kudos to them that they're able to do that. And then Han had to come back and tie it. So, I'm, I mean, I wrote about in the preseason about Han going for the four P in Class L. They're going to take everybody's best shot, which they do anyway. So that's going to be interesting. But uh, but Guilford's uh, a great soccer town. And it, it is, and, and, there and it's too. a rivalry game. And uh, and Han, I'll see if them tonight. Uh, as we taped this, like you said, on Tuesday, Mercy at hand. I'm interested to see how Mercy is and how Han reacts to uh, that beatdown on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, obviously people just make the schedules randomly and they're not trying to get great matchups, but I would have liked to see that hand Guilford boys matchup also a little later in the year. Just to and, and you do have another one, but yeah, it. I don't yeah. I don't like when Wilbur Cross plays Hill House in basketball first game. I understand that's where they schedule it, and as we mentioned before we came on here, I mean, the SEC – is now changing their divisions every year based on, I believe, a two-year record or a one-year record. I'm not sure exactly what. But they don't put any, any emphasis on the divisions. In fact, right. I couldn't tell you who's in what division. No I'm idea. sure if you ask the coaches, they probably don't know all of them off the top of their head because it's just there's no you – okay, you won a division title, great, and you get in the SEC tournament. No, I'm, it's, but, they, but that's because <laughs> no, I know, I the know. only way that they were going to change how they do their scheduling was to do it like this. So – in every different sport, it's different division for every sport. And, and any like girls volleyball and baseball and softball, you're not in the same division, so you have no idea who your rivals are. And if you ask any kid, I bet you they don't know. And I know they do it for scheduling. The FCAC does it too. All the right. other conferences do it. Largely, they're irrelevant. Like the CCC does it by size and by yes. quality of teams, which makes a little more sense when you look at their divisions. They also have a million teams in that in that conference so and, that, and i don't even there i'm sure there are teams who probably don't see each other for years right and, and, they, shouldn't. Yeah, and, they, and, and shouldn't. they probably shouldn't but then we have instances in football and other ones in the sec where they haven't played each other in years either and it doesn't make a lot of sense to me but i get it like you don't want and i'm sure our producer people go out can speak to this more than us as far as the bigger schools playing against the smaller schools in the SEC and football. You don't want that. We, we could go out. We could do a whole show. I'm sure they probably do on their own podcast. But that's just the way it's scheduling has become so difficult because you're trying to cater to everybody. But you just want the good matchups, and that's what you hope to have. Um, problem is you don't always get those. So, you know, Lewis Mills, like we said, moved over to the CCC. I'm right. very interested. When I was talking to the Berkshire League coaches for the soccer previews, right. They all seem to think, hey, Lewis Mills is out of here. We all have a chance. Now, not, Lewis Mills had won five. Uh, they didn't win the championship last year, but they won five years before right. that. Mm-hmm. They all feel like they have a better shot now to win the Brookshire League now that Lewis Mills is out. We'll see how Lewis Mills does in the CCC. They lost to Southington 2 nothing on the boys' side in the first game. Um, they have some tough games. You know, they have, they have to play Plainville twice. they got to play Berlin and Middletown, and they have a game against East Hartford, which is going to be very, hall, uh, and very hard. They also play Hall. Uh, so we'll see how Lewis Mills does. It's a huge jump from the Berkshire League to the CCC. I don't know if you can make a bigger jump. No, you probably no, you can't. And I, I'm guessing by the schedule they play like size schools. A couple of them bigger, like Hall. They, they play Hall and East Hartford, yeah. Yeah, but, so, but mostly know, the smaller schools, yeah. They, I mean, they didn't stick them with Glastonbury. They didn't stick the Coast no. team with Glastonbury. But yeah. they played Simsbury, like I said. So I, I think. I think there you always want to measure yourself if you're a kid. If you don't belong in the same field, then I, I get that they shouldn't play. But 
in soccer, it's not the same as like in football. I think you could play some of the bigger teams and, and match up well. But and I, I think they will. And I think the CCC does a good job trying to keep the teams, uh, you know, within playing teams that are the similar size of right. them. And there's been some interesting scores. Uh, Farmington beat Plainville one nothing. Uh, in that in in the CCC uh, Hall was a six one winner over Maloney. Like we said, the, you know Glastonbury Hall, Maloney, and Plainville were all state finalists last year. Uh, and we said Danbury's two and zero. They beat Darien two nothing. Beat Staples one nothing. Danbury's a very defensive minded team. That's the style that they play, and that's how they want to win most of their games. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they give up less than ten goals this season. That's a bold prediction for What's you. What's that, Danbury? Danbury, yeah. Less than 10 goals. Less than 10 goals in the FCAC where, where there's some really good offensive players. Well, make sure so. we revisit this in October, see how you're doing. <laughs> no, I, it's, no I'm seriously. sure it's, I, it's – listen, it's very possible. Yeah. I mean, it's not unheard of. It's not unheard of. Um, so if you said five goals, I'd be like, whoa. <laughs> five goals in the Five season. as they like, hey, now, wait a minute. I mean, 10 is is like that's half not, a goal a game, yeah, essentially. You know, like that's right. – it's really low total. Um, who on the girls' side in the L and double L's besides Glass and the FCAC teams? Is there anyone else that? Well, I think Shelton is always a team that you have to look out for. I yeah. Think. Um, <laughs> off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody else. I mean, they had five in Glastonbury. And is there anyone Shelton. out ECC way that could? No, I don't no. think so. No. I don't know. I think I'm not even sure off the top of my head who's if NFA is in that division. But no, yeah. I, I don't. I don't see it. That's the only problem. The only thing is, yes, they all, like I said, they all knock each other out. Um, right. And they would, they would probably be more dangerous in a lower class anyway when the ECC schools. I, I know the Stonington boys are pretty good. The, overall, a lot of the coaches in the ECC thought the boys uh, were going to be down a little bit this year across mm-hmm. the board. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Montville or Stonington make a run in their, in their respective classes uh, once we get there. Obviously, there's way, way, way long time to go uh, before we get there. Montville is... Um, 2-0 in that league. They've scored 11 goals and then allowed zero, so that's really impressive. Uh, and, you know, one of the things I like about the early season, too, is we get some of these uh, games where teams are going out of their conference to play other teams. Yes. Uh, Newtown played Naugatuck the other day, beat them 4-3. Both those teams, I think, are really good in, in double L and could be teams that are there at the end of the season. And I think, especially when you're a team like Naugatuck in the NBL, going out and playing a team like Newtown – uh, is really really valuable for you to to do that and i wish more teams would do it and i wish there was room for it your conference schedule gets so packed that it's hard to schedule those games but i wish there was a few more crossover games between conference teams uh Nogatuck also scheduled barlow you know they obviously consider themselves a good team and know they have to go outside the mvl to play really high quality opponents no offense to the rest of the teams in the mvl but to go play uh, Barlow and Newtown, those are two of the best teams in the SWC, and so kudos to Naugatuck for taking that taking that challenge. Well, on. well like I mentioned, Shelton and Massick and Plainfield and Notre Dame. I mean, if you understand what those programs mean and what Notre Dame and Plainfield again playing the penalty kicks in the quarterfinals, they probably don't play each other. Had that not happened, I'm sure they talked and said, "Let's go schedule." And Plainfield, who won the game, comes all the way down on a Saturday. Yeah. To Fairfield, so playing. We talk about these long road trips in football. How about playing field to Fairfield <laughs> yeah. to, Sacred Heart, to Sacred Heart University? That's a long trip. It's a long drive. Yeah. Yeah, on a Saturday. It's, I mean, not that. You know. But that's when they should do these games. They should have. I, I would like to see if Saturday games if they can. CCC. I don't. A lot of teams don't do it. They rather play it 
well, their schedule counting game in their own league sometimes. I understand. I'm not debating whether you're right. I prefer the non-conference games to me because that gets you ready for the states. I think it gets it gives you an idea of what you're going to see. How good if Shelton is beating Massig, then you get an idea. The SEC is pretty good, and the SWC. Those are the two of the best teams in their own leagues. So that's what you get. An, get an, it gives you an idea of how these teams are and maybe how the leagues are. I mean, we selfishly always want these cross-conference games. We sure. love them in baseball. The, the Lions thing in football is so awesome. But right. soccer, the, the schedules, like the, their conference schedules are so full that yes. it's very hard to get out. I think you only have two opportunities to really even do it. And like you said, most of the teams just schedule teams within their conference anyway. To or make it a team easy that, on travel. Or a team that's a neighbor that might be in a different conference. Right. You know, like they'll play someone there. Um, so when I was at the Wilton game yesterday, the, the new rule came into effect, the substitution rule. Yeah, you had mentioned. Right, and I think this is one of the best things that high school soccer has done because in the past, I'm sure you've seen it before, if a team was trailing, a team was winning, they would start substituting over the last five minutes and the clock wasn't stopping. So every substitution is 30 seconds off the clock, just eaten up, gone. Right. And unless you were intentionally trying to stall, the referees never stopped the clock before. And now they stop. And now if the if the team that's winning is substituting in the last five minutes, the clock automatically stops. Like the ref doesn't have to do it. It just the, the scorekeeper's told you have to stop the clock until the guy's off the field and then you start it up again. I think it's a really fair way to do it because that was it was within the rules what the coaches were doing, but I always thought it was it, it was kind of it kind of stunk like that you're wasting time like this. And again, they had every right to do it because it was within the rules. So I'm not criticizing the coaches, but as far as the fairness of the game, I thought it stunk. And in, in re, you know professional soccer, you obviously can't do that. You can't sub guys in and out, run guys in and out constantly. Well, and, it brings up an interesting question, though. All right, you're a scorekeeper in the box. You've been asked to do this. You don't know the rule. The referee doesn't signal, or you your, your team is the one doing it. Yeah. How do you know or want to stop it? You're told to do it. Well, in that case, so, the referee would have to tell you the, exactly. Yeah. That's what it's, I think they still need to. Well, the referee should tell the scorekeeper before right. the game this is happening. Now we all know that some of the referees are not going to do. Or that. the guys are like, you know, you, you, again, you're in a, you're a scorekeeper, but you're working for the home team. Right. You know? Exactly. I'm not saying anybody's doing it, but don't think that that's not going to happen unless the referee signals. That's it's because you're leaving it to the discretion of a scorekeeper who's in the middle of a game watching it and maybe not thinking about it. Maybe they're hoping that the time walks down because they want to win the game. But I, again, I think it's a good rule, but I think the referee has to step in and stop it. Or in a case of when this, what if they're stalling and you know how they're taking their time on the throw-ins or in the kicks, right? They stop the clock. That's the, the referee's discretion. So they kind of referees have to be on top of it as well and signal to the press box because if they're up in a box rather than ground level, that's different. That yeah. has to be communicated. Right? Yeah, and and sometimes they are up in a box. A lot of times they have the thing right there. Uh, sure. The woman from the Wilton Athletic Department, whose name I should know and I don't, I apologize. She knew the rule, so go. She she said it to the other people there. We have to stop the clock now. You know, in the final five minutes, when we're if we're substituting, and we're up. Here's an interesting point that I want to talk about with this rule, and I want to talk to the coaches about it. Uh, we're going to have coaches on every week. You're not going to have to just listen to Joe and I. But if there's a tie game, and one team is superior to the other, and one team would be very happy with a the tie, they can start substituting to slow this game down. But if it's tied, no, the clock is not stopping. So then it goes back to the discretion of the referee to stop the clock saying, hey, you're trying to stall because you want to get out of here with a, with a point. You know, once upon a time, this, I remember when, I, again, years ago when at the two-minute mark the clock would stop 
because it was kept by the referee on the field, and you didn't know. Uh, and the clock cannot, would stop for what? No, they would stop the clock on the scoreboard. Two two minutes. Uh, anybody who's been around and oh, and just the referee would keep referees it. always kept it on the field. Yes. It since has changed and it's now done on the sideline, which I kind of thought it should be in the hands of the referee, but that's a long time ago, so you didn't know. But I don't know. It's it's an interesting dynamic. Because we're going to see this happen, especially in a big game. Yeah. Are they going to stop the clock? Are they? Are the referee going to get caught up in what's going on? I mean, it's there's a. I I think. I mean, the the rule is the rule, but there's going to be some gray area. I'm curious how that's going to work. Uh, so there are times where teams are clearly at match, and in soccer, teams are very content to play for a tie. And take the point and just go and then, you know, battle another well, day. Substitute, drop everybody back. Yeah. Right. Come you know, and get so us. the substitution thing in that case can come out and that's where it could come out. And again, the referee has to do it. Again, like you said, you can slow down on kicks, you can slow down on the goal kicks, you can slow down on on the throw ins. Like all that stuff, there's chances to slow down. It's all part of the game down. and how do you. How you and have, it is part of the and game. It's the referee's discretion. Again, yes. there's no rule that says you have 20 seconds. You've got to decide. Boom, stop it. And put it, put the hands up. Make sure the score, the score is paying attention. Who's probably rooting for the home team? Or no, I'm not. <laughs> no, no, you're right. You're right. But the you're right. It's it's human error. We're dealing with human error, and yeah. that's what this. These rules are great, and, and nothing wrong with change. But if it doesn't get enforced all the time, and I have to say, I love that there's a scoreboard now with a clock because. Yes. Years ago, when it was just a ref, when I played, it was just a ref. No one knew how much well, time when, was left. Well, when they did, like I was telling you, it with two minutes left, if it was on there, they would stop the clock yeah. because there would be extra time. And I'm like, what time is left? Or you, you'd be, I, how many but most games you, didn't even have a scoreboard. Well, so you'd be asking the referee. You'd have to ask the referee. Yeah. How much time was on that goal? As a reporter, you got to go. Yeah. And if, what if he's on the other side of the field keeping the clock? I mean, nobody cares about us. But if you want the right thing, you have to go back to the scorekeeper, who probably doesn't have it right either because they're on the other side with you. So, but it's an interesting rule. Um, was that I don't, uh, any other rules that caught your eye? I didn't. Uh, nothing anything. that was big. You know, there was a few like equipment things that you, you know the equipment right. needs to be checked a different way. But right. they they barely even check the equipment. Honestly, they just kind of ask the coaches. I've heard you know, during the, you know, is your team fully equipped? Yes, you know. So I think the penalty for not being fully equipped is has changed, but I don't remember what that. Do you like? I mean, I do because in the essence of time. Do you like no overtime until the tournament or certain leagues that do? Yeah, sure, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with ties. I think you know you play out the. You, you've been playing for 80 minutes. That's sufficient. Um, and I like the playoff format. Uh, you know where you keep going until you get a winner, and then in the championships, I am one of the people, and I know you I'm like, in the minority. Like the I lo- I don't mind co-champions. I feel like if you've played 80 minutes plus two 10 minute overtimes, you've played enough soccer and. If you're tied, you're tied. Pete's giving me the thumbs down. Half the state, no, I'd say 75% of the state is giving me the thumbs down. I just happen to think it's a fair result. Uh, and that's a term that you know gets used in soccer, but it's a term that I actually really like. And I don't mind co-champions. Well, I do understand it. How I do just do don't it? think kids know how to react. Yeah, that's when tough. When <laughs> it just seems in the one state final that I did do there, I think it was one, Brantford and Avon, it just seemed pretty hollow. Yeah, sure. I understand that. Now, you played, you said, right? I played, yeah. A long time ago in the Galaxy, far, long far away. Well, at least you play. I did not. So, at what point do you start practicing penalty kicks, or have you already started? I was never one of the kids that was asked. But, uh, yeah, they, I mean, the, te- the team did do them, you know, starting in high school, uh, start practicing penalty kicks. But you have to get to a conference or state final for that to – 
No, but if you're in the state tournament, that's how they. Oh right, right. If you're yeah, if you're in the state tournament, yes. Um, my brother-in-law played for uh, Nikane, and, 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 and he me. went to penalty kicks uh, in a state semifinal and, and won the state semifinal. That did he way. take one? He did. Did he and make he one? He made it, yeah. Good. And then he had the assist in the state championship game. Uh, he crossed a header, and the kid headed it in in overtime, and they won a state championship. This was 06 or 07. Well, and I think we've had this discussion, or I know I've had it with coaches. I think there are coaches who don't practice it until late in the year. I'm like, I you should spend something. There are some who spend five to ten minutes every practice. Well, because you Boom. can, you you can. There was a penalty kick in the game I covered yesterday. You're still taking penalty kicks. They're still really valuable. Right. If you get fouled in the box, you have to have a strategy. I think going in there, like what and, you're going to do, how you're going to take it, and who's going to take it specifically. You know. And just to just to clear up, even if we had overtime, they would still play to a tie. They wouldn't use penalty kicks until the league tournament anyway. So right. just so. I understand that as well. But. Yeah, and and uh, yeah. So back to your question, I'm fine with just having a tie at the end of the game. Okay. Uh, you get points for that. Uh, it's a it's a good result, and you move on. Um, I, I know a lot of people don't like ties, but I'm not one of them. I don't I, mind I don't. the ties because, in the essence of time, I don't have no time and ties. I don't have the problem with it. I do. Coach champions is kind of hollow to me. Just from experience, I, I, just I, I, from experience it. it. It's awkward after the game. That's awkward. Because yeah. you go up to the Maybe kids, they interview word. them, and they're like, I don't know, do we win? Do we lose? <laughs> I don't know. And they, does the CIC have enough trophies to give out? I and mean, like, like, that's you know, the other thing. That they don't have the tr- second trophy. That's another story. Trumbull right. had tied in the FCI final two years ago, and they talked about it like it was a loss. And they're like, we need to get back there and win this thing next year, win it outright. There you go. Oh, Pete's, uh, Pete's here. I do. I I was at I was at the Avon Brantford game with Joe all those years ago. That's I was right. shooting photos for that game, and it was weird because if I'm correct, Joe Brantford was the favorite in that game, right? Oh, no, right. other way around. So Brantford got went dominated. up. Yeah, they got dominated, but they tied it, and then they just sat on the ball the whole game. They didn't even try to win the game. Right. That was the problem that I had. It's not like it was like a a great game and they were just, you know, extra efforts, this and this. It was like Brantford got the ball and they just sat on it being like, we're okay with this. And yeah. that, that I think is where the problem is, where in a sport like soccer, like in baseball, like if it's tight, like you have to get them out. Yeah. You're forced with having to get them out. In soccer, you can kick the ball around and kill time. And that's why I think it feels hollow. It's not like... It's it's not if like Brantford was like on attack the whole game and they were going back and forth with Avon on scoring opportunities. You're like, wow, that was a that was a well played match. Instead, it was like, wow, Brantford really took the easy way out in that game. And it's not a knock against them because that's a part of the game. It's a part of the rules. And that was their best opportunity. Exactly. But yeah. if you're like you talk to the kids at Brantford after the game, like I did with Joe, like they were ecstatic. Yeah. And you talk to Avon and the kids were like, that was like the biggest waste of like ninety minutes. <laughs> can you can you imagine what Coach Ames would be like in football? I think it would just be as bad as when they gave away eight championships. No, it would be worse because in the the venom from the fans would be because oh, yeah. it's more. Oh, the fans yeah. are freaked out. It would be yeah. absolutely well, the nuts. The problem that I have is so they don't want to use penalty kicks because of they don't want that pressure of if you in miss and stuff like that. In the state championship. But it's okay for the state semifinals. Well, yeah. That's where I have the that's where our problems I have is yes, obviously a state championship and a state championship semifinal is a little different but at the same time if you miss in the semifinal you're going to feel just as crappy about yourself if you do in the final i don't they think it's a way to advance the team that's the problem i don't think it's a pressure thing i think it's just that it's not a it's not the best way to decide a soccer game but you also can't just have them endlessly running up and down the field yes no you definitely health can. concerns and i feel this way about hockey too like you get to a certain point where 
the kids on the field are just exhausted who are out there playing this game and, and you're just going and going and going so then you're like just waiting for someone to make a mistake or be tired and then yeah. that's how a state championships decided look you played 110 minutes you both played awesome yeah you're both champions but like, and, and, if you're, and when you look at it later yeah. you're a state champion yeah, you're but state if champion you're forever. going to use that in the semifinals then i think you're okay to use it in the finals outside of soccer and field hockey what other ones do we have coaching off the top of my head, feel feel like other sports. Does, does ice, hockey, ice hockey keeps going? Yeah, no. There's, there's well, not. girls ice hockey does not. Yes, well, girls ice hockey. As we found not, out a few years ago, girls ice hockey <laughs> is not a CIAC sanctioned sport. Right. Baseball, softball, lacrosse. Nope. They, okay. No. Nope. Um, field hockey and soccer. I think they only ones. Trying to think what else. Volleyball, no. Football, no. Basketball, no. no. Gymnastics, obviously. It's not. girls hockey, field hockey, and soccer. Those are the only three. I believe those are the only but three. I don't. I don't think we can count girls hockey because they don't. They don't have CIC rules. And they also may have changed that because there yes. was such, people had a fit about that yeah. after they had the co-champions. I'm to think what else? No, I think that's it. But I think well, because those are sports that can go on and on and on. I just think if if penalty kicks are good enough, and same thing with field hockey, if the shootout is good enough for the semifinals, it should be good enough for the championship. All I know is I covered last year for the first time in two decades. I went out on my own to cover a field hockey state game, and then I ended up getting going in like double or triple overtime. So it's just, <laughs> but and, and somebody won. But obviously, it, again, you, you you take people that what do they they take people off or they do something different. I, I can't even remember to be honest. But I again. I am not like mad. It doesn't matter if they have co-champions. Great. I just think it's. If you look at the kids. Like we're, the, we're all about the kids. We're in the kid business. CIC's in the kid business. If they're the ones who don't like it, maybe that's the issue. All right. Fair enough. I right, we we'll have to ask the kids. The kids probably don't like it. The kids probably want to play for a championship. Well, maybe Branford, like he one. said, maybe Branford. But like Branford was thrilled. I mean, that's that's the because they got a piece. They always say that they were state champion. That's the thing. Like, so in the moment, it's awkward. It's a little weird. You don't know how to act. Five, but ten years for the rest of your life, you're a state champion. That's a fair point. I was on a state championship. Not, I, I'm not saying I was. I'm, I'm saying the kid can say I was on a state championship soccer team. I was on a conference championship soccer team. I was certainly never on any championship anything. And neither was I. <laughs> um, I just want to talk about a couple boys games that are coming up on mm-hmm. uh, Thursday and Friday. Uh, Thursday in the uh, Berkshire League, uh, Houstonic Regionals playing Litchfield. Uh, all the guys I talked to in the Berkshire League really like Litchfield this year. I uh, think that they are the team to beat up there. Uh, on Friday, we got a bunch of games, and I kind of wish I was going to a soccer game instead of football. Um, <laughs> Farmington Glastonbury is Friday night. I mean, that's as good as it gets in the state. Um, Wilton is at Darien on Friday. Uh, Shelton is at Prep. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Sheldon Prep is, is, to, is tonight, sorry. Uh, Pomparag Newtown is Friday night in the SWC, awesome game. And then Shoreline, East Hampton, Morgan, Friday night at 6.30. So if you're so inclined to watch soccer instead of football, uh, go check out one of those awesome games. Uh, like I said, we're going to have a coach on here uh, every week to talk to a girls coach, a boys coach, uh, someone with more insight into the games than Joe and I have. But we wanted to just kick this off. We wanted to kick off just for kicks with a... <laughs> <laughs> with a first episode just to kind of get us rolling, say that we're back. Uh, how do you think it went, Joe? I think it went just fine. I think, you know, you come up with topics, and we can probably talk all day. But, again, you, we do try to bring coaches in for different insight, as Scott said, and I think people want to hear about their programs and about their take on it because they're involved in the game, and we're kind of looking at it from a different perspective than they are. And they know their conferences really well, and, you know, obviously they know their own teams really well, but – they also just have better insights to the game than, than we have just watching because they're in it. They're in it. They're in it every day. 
Uh, so listen, that was the first episode of season two of Just for Kicks. I can't believe we're back. That's awesome. Uh, also, we're going to open up the mailbag again because we got some awesome mailbag questions last year. Uh, we still need to do the shootout between me and Joe. We need to get Joe in the goalie gear, and we need to go out there and do a shootout. Uh, I think there was one of the – what was the question? Who would win in a race? I think that was one no. of the other questions we had. No. I mean, I'm sure it was, but no. <laughs> We're not Sorry, doing no. I don't I just to, say I lost. Well, I don't want to pull a hamstring. I lost. Let's, yeah. just, let's just call it that. Uh, I, I would definitely get injured too. So um, – yeah, like I said, we're going to be back every Tuesday with this show. Uh, we're going to record it Tuesday morning, hopefully get it out Tuesday afternoons. Uh, and, you know, Joe and I are going to be out at a lot of soccer games, girls games, boys games. We love it out there. So if you see us, say hi. Uh, if you got something for the show, send it in. you got something for the mailbag, send it in. Uh, we're also going to be putting together our top performers and games to watch. So if someone from your school does something, Email me, email Joe, text us, uh, DM us, whatever you got to do to get your information to us. I've already gotten some submissions uh, on the boys' side, so roll them in. You know, you want your kid noticed? You want your kid on game time? Well, let us know, and we'll put them up. So, for Joe, I'm Scott. We will see you next week on Just for Kicks. <laughs> <laughs>